Hour three of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. It's AK and Coco. We've got the veterinarian on the line. You heard him on the Maple Leafs broadcast last night with Jim Taddy. It's Frank Corrado here. I guess do we have the D to D sting, Chrissy. Is that ready? Is that something we can play? You want to play it? Ah, you know what? You know, we'll, we'll skip it today. But this is D to D with Frank, and he's on the line. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. I'm feeling good after our little range session at the uh, Metro Golf Sportsplex yesterday. How you feeling? Yeah. It was something special. Frank and I, we rolled into the Metro Golf Dome, whatever it's called. The red carpet was rolled out. Frankie just put multiple holes in the dome. With yeah, his, I heard you deflated you know, the dome. Went, yeah, you did deflate the dome, Frank, so it was an expensive day for them, but a truly delightful afternoon with you, buddy. You know what? We're going to hit the ground running. Like, the end of April can't come soon enough. We were pretty dialed in for, for it being, you know, February. Yeah, I think that's the secret to getting your golf season started well. Is, okay, we, need, we need to stop talking yeah. about golf because I'm getting the itch. Like, the more I talk about it, it's like I got a tease a week ago. Because, you know, I did it four days in a row, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could get used to this. And then I come home, and we're set for a snowstorm today. So Yeah, there, it does look like today tough. is going to be a it's rather tough. unfortunate snowstorm. So we'll, we'll steer clear of golf, Frank. And let's get into last night's game, which, I mean, that was something special with O'Reilly and Marner and John Tavares. I'm sure Jim Taddy was going crazy throughout the course of the intermissions, and rightfully so. I mean, what did you see from those guys in particular? What did you make of Sheldon Keefe's comments post-game talking about how ultimately he could see Tavares back in the middle at some point? Yeah, we, we were talking about this on the broadcast a little bit too, where the Leafs were up 5 nothing, and Taddy kind of posed the question to me. He goes, do you ever think you'll see O'Reilly playing with Matthews and Nylander? And I said, absolutely. I think if there's one thing we've learned about Sheldon Keith, it's that he's not afraid to, to try things and switch things up. And you even look at the move right away to bring, like, oh, put O'Reilly on the second line center and put Tavares on the wing. It's like, okay, this guy has a plan, but there's a few tricks up his sleeves that he wants to see how they're going to work and you think about a a playoff series right like you don't know what's going to get thrown at you you know there's going to be a few different scenarios that are going to get thrown at you so why not tinker with it now and see okay they're going to do this or the game is showing me this I have this look that I'm going to throw at the other team and obviously we know the other team is going to be Tampa and if it's not Tampa it's going to be Boston after that but um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be plenty of tinkering, and I, I would imagine at some point Tavares goes back to center. Um, but that line was incredible last night, and the thing that sticks out the most about that line is maybe if you don't think Tavares and O'Reilly are the most fleet of foot, they really let the puck do the work for them, right? Like the 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 having a plan, moving the puck, um, they kind of like – you know, they just moved it faster than Buffalo was able to keep up with. And there's a number of times where it's like it's quick through the neutral zone. And Marner, like, you know the way he can make plays in tight spaces and thread it under sticks, thread it over sticks. And um, that's going to be like that line will be quite the handful, um, you know, with, with that transition. But more importantly, in the offensive zone after, because, I mean, Carlo, you played with O'Reilly, you played against Tavares pretty tough to win stick battles against both those guys and now you have them on the same line yeah pretty pretty tough to win net front battles against those guys too um as the as you've seen so far in a short sample size and i 
I tried to, you know, war- warn people that we still haven't seen the impact that Ryan O'Reilly can have. We saw him hit the score sheet, but you just watch. The more practice time that this guy gets with some of the other players, I truly believe you're going to see an improvement with the rest of the lineup. So um, this is fun to watch. It, it makes Leafs games more exciting to watch too right now because, you know, there's not really much going on other than, you know, you know who they're playing in the playoffs. They're fighting for home ice advantage, but with 20 games left, you know, and the fact that they could make more additions just gives us a lot more to be excited about. But you mentioned working with Taddy, and I know how I reacted when I saw Riley score last night. When when you're working with Taddy, does he celebrate or does he does he like have a certain saying that he does when Ooh. when players score? Like, is it's he constantly bang. giving it it's the bang. yes guy yes or guy. you know the the oh, the fist bumps? Like, what's it like working with Taddy for with the games? It's on, it's such a treat. So when we do home games, we're at the Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. So he'll just kind of look at me, and most of the times he kind of smiles, and he's eating like a an ice cream or a drumstick or a <laughs> ice cream sandwich or something. And he'll kind of look at me. Then he goes to like write down who scored, who it's from, all that kind of stuff. And uh, then we kind of dissect it quickly, and we go back to watching the game. And then during you know for road games, we're doing it remotely, so we text each other. There's a lot of yes guy going back and forth. Basically, yes guy. When basically when we text each other, everything every sentence ends with guy. Like oh, it's geez. like that 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 was slow guy or um, <laughs> not impressed guy. Like, there's not a message that's sent without the word guy. So back in 2012, one of my first years at TSM 1050, I was the producer for the Argos games, and Taddy was doing the the pregame and halftime and postgame, much like he does for the Leafs and the Raptors now. And I remember Justin Bieber was the Grey Cup halftime show at the Sky Dome at the time, the Argos winning that Grey Cup back in 2012, by the way. What a night that was. Taddy could not possibly have cared less about Justin Bieber at halftime. He just sat there and, like, I don't even think he was watching. I'm like, Bieber, you know, he was playing Baby, maybe. Maybe Selena Gomez was there back in those times. Probably not. But I was loving it. Yeah, Taddy was not feeling the feeling the vibe back in the 2012 Great Cup halftime show. So I'm glad that he and, and yourself, Frank, have really built that camaraderie, unlike he and I back then. No, we've, we, we've got a good thing going, and... Um, you know, I, I think even for, for after the games, like kind of talking big picture, um, it, it's cool right now talking about this team big picture because you know what this team, there, there's been things that have lacked over the years, guys, but how many times have they gone into a playoff series or been in a playoff series and you're like, man, that line is so hot, they can't stop scoring right now, they're, they're, they're scorching Right, like we, I feel like that's one of the storylines maybe that we haven't had. And when you see the night that that second line, and I say second line in air quotes because on a lot of NHL teams that's a first line. Um, but you know, when you see the line, the, the night that they had, you're thinking, man, like if they can find that in the playoffs, that's gonna be a tough line to you know to put away. And um, you know, you kind of look around the league and think, okay, Toronto's got this line as their second line right now. How many teams would this be a first line? And I think the answer would be quite a few, like like many actually. So like now, thirty one, thirty one. No, wow. but seriously. And and you, you always talk about having that that one two punch up the middle. 
Well, now you have that one-two punch up the middle with a little extra with Tavares on the wing, and it just helps you with matchups so much more now. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, if your centerman gets kicked out or, um, you know, your your defensive responsibilities with that line. And, um, you know, you go from a situation year over year where, you know, we were getting to the point last year where the second line was getting broken up, where Tavares and Nylander were playing on, on different lines and you were having a – you know, do some patchwork with those lines. Now you're thinking, man, that's a nice line to go into the playoffs with, and you can use them any which way you want. Frank Corrado is our guest, TSN hockey analyst, the veterinarian of Cowden Woods. Frank, the Maple Leafs defense has been maybe not under scrutiny of late, but I think there's a lot of people wondering how Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs will approach the deadline with regards to their D. And I think back to last year, the shutdown pair of Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who and how do you think the Leafs, assuming no major deal is made on the back end, will the Leafs utilize in that role against Tampa this year? Is it Riley and Hall? Is it TJ Brody? And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who it will be. How do you think that, that plays out ultimately? Yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, I would be of the thought process that you need to still get a defenseman, and I want an absolute monster. Like, I just want a gargantuan human on the back end. And and the Leafs have enough players who can move the puck. Here's where that messaging kind of gets lost, right? Every team in the NHL is always looking for puck-moving defensemen. And to Toronto's credit, they've brought in those players. They've developed those players. They just have enough of it. That's why you don't need to go out and get more of it. So... Um, you know, like I just, I just want a monster back there. But let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say you can't get that. The price is too high. Um, you know, it's too competitive. Whatever the case may be, it's hard to not imagine Giordano being part of a shutdown pair for me. And if if Timothy Lilligren is going to be playing with him, then I, I feel like that's going to be a line that's going to get a lot of play against top lines. I mean, if if you feel different, let me know. But I just feel like. The way Giordano, like the way he blocks shots, his ability to move the puck, transport it out of his own zone, the amount of minutes he can munch, and, and Timothy Lilligren seems to complement that pretty well. For Lilligren, it's going to be watching out for the big blunder, the big mistake, but he's done a much better job of that this year. Um, TJ Brody, Morgan Riley playing together, it's a nice pairing, but I just wonder, like, Morgan Riley's played really well as of late, um, it, it's nice to kind of get him away from those matchups and free him up a little bit. And, um, you know, Morgan Riley's going nights now where he's not playing any penalty kill anymore, right? So you can see that there's a lot more emphasis from Sheldon Keefe's point of view as far as freeing Morgan Riley up, giving him more favorable matchups, and finding other guys to eat those, those kind of grittier, hard-nosed minutes. But at the end of the day, Jake Muzzin, for, you know, we haven't seen him this year in a long time, but he, it, there's a big presence. It's a big loss, and I, I would love to see them bring in someone just massive who can clear the front of the net, who can cross-check guys. And um, it's not like, you know, it's not like a Neanderthal. Like saying that doesn't make you a Neanderthal, man. Like that's that's part of playoff hockey, and I think it's it's a nice complement to the puck-moving pieces that the Leafs already have in place. You know, you, you talked about Morgan Riley, uh, Frankie, and there's a lot of talk in Edmonton, pretty similar to the to the Leafs, about improving their defense. And there's a lot of people in Edmonton talking about Darnell Nurse's game, and he plays too much, and doesn't play enough defense. And 
you know, I, I don't think Morgan Riley plays too much, but clearly he can be better on defense. And and maybe like you know the team's sort of um, message should be you know not necessarily go and and acquiring somebody to replace or help these guys, but maybe there's a sit down that needs to happen. And I I would focus this conversation more on Darnell Nurse because I watched the Edmonton Oilers last couple of games and. For a guy that big and what he, for the way he can play, this guy has zero interest in playing defense right now. And maybe, maybe the sit down for the Edmonton Oilers and maybe for the Maple Leafs too is to pull these guys in and say, look, we don't need you to carry us offensively. Just play better defensively for us. Don't you think that's some, could be a solution to both problems with both uh, Edmonton and, and, and Toronto? I think that's like the bigger conversation there is just more about expectations from your coaches to your players. Like how many times did you and I, I know I experienced this and I'm sure you did too, where you go to the rink and you kind of know where your game is at and you know if it's good, you know if it's bad and you know when it's bad sometimes you're like, you're just waiting for someone to address you and be Come like, say something All right, to you. yeah, yeah, like, like here's where your game is flipped and we want to get you back to there. And then no one says anything and you're like, What's going on here, man? This is the NHL. Don't aren't you guys seeing what I'm feeling, right? And and I feel like sometimes maybe coaches don't want to have that conversation because they don't want to rock the boat, or uh, you know, a lot of times they maybe don't want to say things that may come back to bite them in in different conversations one way or another. But I'm with you there, Carlo. Like if you see something, have a pulse on it and go talk to the guy. So if you're in Edmonton and you think Darnell Nurse isn't playing defensive, like. Show the guy some clips and tell him, like, man, this is this is what makes you a good player. And you also, like, you don't need to roast a player every time you bring him in for a meeting. There's plenty of good clips of Darnell Nurse or Morgan Riley or you pick the defensemen around the league. So maybe you show him that and you're like, this, it's a little bit of a contrast. Yeah. This is what makes you good. This is what makes you struggle. So let's let's try and find a way to make you, uh, you know, a better player and a, a net positive for our team. Yeah, like I, I was watching Edmonton versus who did they blow a three goal lead to on the weekend? I think it was um, was it they Detroit? Blew a couple of them. They, they yeah. definitely. Oh, lost oh it was Colorado. It's Colorado. It's Colorado. And like literally four of the five goals that Colorado that Colorado scored, Darnell Nurse is just standing there, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, you make nine million dollars a year. Like, be tougher to play against, and, and you know your team's yeah. lacking, you know, defensive structure. You got to be the guy leading the charge back there, and yeah. it's just like also, somebody's just got to just go say something to him. He's still a good player. He hasn't learned. He hasn't forgot how to play the game of hockey. Just go make him a little bit more accountable and. Maybe that's yeah. how you improve your defense. But you also have to keep in mind how how slotting players in the right spot makes such a big difference. It was 100%. for years. And listen, I love Tyler Bozak. I played with him. He's a good buddy of mine when we played. But not a one center, right? Like just never was. And if he was your one center, you lacked some um, you know some dynamic game breaking abilities higher in your lineup. But he goes to St. Louis. He's the three center, and you're like Stanley Cup champion team. Absolutely slotted perfect, right? Yeah. And you look at this Leafs roster right now, it's like now Alex Kerfoot doesn't have to play on the second line. He plays on the fourth line with Aston Reese and Achari, and you're like, okay, I like Alex Kerfoot. Like, I like his game last night because why? He's playing in the right spot. He's not being asked yeah. to do too much. So, I mean, you know. He's not like, to ask to be somebody he's not. Exactly. Right? You look at the Leafs and you look at Edmonton, it's like, okay, if there's, if there's a defenseman in the mix there that eats up those, those dirty minutes and, and can play that kind of role that they're lacking, it's like, now Darnell Nurse looks better. Now Morgan Riley looks better, and everyone's happy. 
Yeah, and the same could be said about Morgan Riley. Like, you got this group of forwards here right now that, you know, can lead the way offensively. And he made an unbelievable pass again yesterday. That's oh, what yeah. you should do. Just focus on being the, 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 the puck mover. You know what I mean? Making good plays with yeah. the puck, but defensively, be harder to play against. That's it. Yeah. You're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get your cookies on the power play and you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna burn you out playing thirty minutes a night, but when you're out there, play better. And I'm not saying Morgan Riley's playing bad. I'm just saying, like, as a coach's message to one of their players, just sometimes when you take a little bit less responsibility away from them and just tell them to focus on certain things, it's amazing the difference it can make. Just quickly, Frankie, I want to know your thoughts on the trade-related reasons these players are sitting out games for. To me, it drives me nuts. We're two weeks away from the trade deadline. You're telling these guys not to play games. Well, it's so vague. First of all, trade-related reasons could mean so many things. It also, like, it also could mean that a player is banged up, and yeah. he's banged up, so we're not going to play him for trade-related reasons. You see how like the vagueness of that term can get stretched out. So, listen, if a trade is imminent, I understand you sit guys out. Um, you know, you protect your asset, but. No one's been traded. All these guys who have been sitting out for trade-related reasons, they haven't moved yet. Yeah. So what are we doing here? I, 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 I totally, I'm, I'm on the side of, of managers as far as protecting your asset. I really am because if a trade falls through, it sucks, it screws up your plans. I get all that for sure. But where have the trades been? Guys have right. been sitting out and there's no <laughs> trade. So like, How are these guys going to get better just after sitting out for so long? They get traded and now they got to go and play for a team that's expecting them to play at their at, t- at the top of their game. Like, you haven't it's played in two or three weeks. It's a little Stupid. premature. I, I have a feeling at some point Jacob Chickren is going to be 36 years old playing for the Coyotes still waiting for the <laughs> That's right. It, it could be. Uh, Frankie, a text coming in from Newmarket. I found a Frankie Corrado signed picture in an antique store in Niagara for $30. Steal of the century. Oof. You remember signing anything that ended up Steal in Steal of the century? Store. 30 bucks. That seems a little expensive, to be honest. That I love Frank. Little, it seems a little rich. I wouldn't pay 30 That's I inflation, would buddy. I would inflation. Sure. Inflation is getting Frankie Corrado, too, right now. Yeah. Corrado, <laughs> Corrado uh, autographs and lettuce. Those are the two things. And gas, I guess. Those three things uh, make yeah. it more expensive. Uh, these days. Francesco, thank you for doing this, buddy. Great work, as always. I'm sure we'll chat with you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. All See right. you, pal. That's, that's Frank Corrado, TSN hockey analyst, Jim Taddy's sidekick. Yeah. And uh, well, you wouldn't pay $30. Line. You wouldn't pay $30 for a Frankie Corrado signed picture, would you? Hell no. Hell no. Actually, you know that now that you mentioned it. When I played with Ryan in Buffalo, I had him sign a bunch of cards for me. And I do have... Ryan O'Reilly, that is. Ryan O'Reilly. I do have his rookie card. Wow. you got to give that to your son, Leo. He would love that. Yeah. I have a couple of them. He has one of them already. But I, I did keep one just in case because I don't want it to get ruined. It's nice and a nice little protective case for me. So... There you go. Too. The, the fine folks at Mint Inc. will love that one right there. Absolutely. Signed Ryan O'Reilly Absolutely. rookie card. We've got Sean Gentilly from The Athletic coming up in about 12 minutes. But coming up next, you won't believe what the New York Jets told Derek Carr in their free agent meeting. No, no, seriously. You will not believe what they told him. <laughs> it's one of the most outrageous things ever. And we'll let you hear it next.